Howdy guys and welcome back after a long, long hiatus to say how did I get here. I apologise it's been so long. This episode was actually recorded all the way back in May, but COVID and moving countries being my two lame excuses, it's taken me a long time to get around to this. So excuses out of the way, let's get into it. This episode, I was fortunate enough to be joined by superstar journalist and all around wonderful person, Alice Matthews. So I'll give you a quick bit about her and then we'll jump into the app. From hosting a This Is Your Lifestyle show for a dad at age 10 to winning a Walkley on her first reporting shift and even finding a missing person before the police. Alice Matthews is a journalist who's done it all. I was fortunate enough to catch up with her over Zoom way back in May, as I said, and we had a good old chinwag about her life, how she got into journalism in the first place, some interesting stories she's reported along over the years and most importantly, her favourite Reddit feeds. I had a great time chatting to her, so I'm so sorry it's taken so long for you to enjoy her story too. If you want to keep up to date with all of Alice's antics as they happen, give her a follow on Instagram at alice.k.matthews, two T's of course, and uh, you can catch her on SBS's The Feed, which I thoroughly recommend you do. Thanks as always for listening and I'll catch you in the next one. Howdy guys and welcome to So How Did I Get Here and this now is episode 19 and I am unbelievably fortunate to sit down virtually, if nothing else, with the fantastic award-winning journalist, SBS Feed, co-host, improviser, superstar and I heard she was fairly good at rugby, Alice Matthews. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining me. you heard that. Yeah, You're well, so welcome. Birdie, Thank you for having birdie. me. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you and where are you? I'm really good, thank you. I am in my inner city apartment in Redfern that mm. I am just itching to get out of. That's I'm waiting for a move towards the mountains and I'm a little bit cold, if I'm being honest. Oh, chilly, chilly, chilly. Well, going to the mountains isn't going to help that, pal. Uh, no, it's not, but that's fine. There'll be a fireplace. Oh, lovely. A nice warm half. Is this going towards uh, beggar or beager? I'm a terrible Englishman, so... Forgive my mispronunciation. No, bigger. You got it right. No, this is um, inland, so in towards the mountains. Yes. Fantastic. Cool, cool, cool. So let's, yeah, shall we begin at the beginning? Yeah, where's that? Exactly. Yeah, where is that? Well, where were you born? That's where it starts. I was actually born in Bathurst, so actually towards, yeah, where where I'm looking to move now. Yes, and quite the uni town. So I I was born in Bathurst with, with... so my first two brothers were born in Bathurst and I was as well. Um, by the time my little brother was born, we had moved to Canberra. So That's I actually great. grew up and went to school in Canberra. Epic. I'm going to pass on the pronunciation of that to my girlfriend because she's a doctor and has been working over there just last week, but she calls it Bathurst. <laughs> so oh, that sounds Bathurst. nicer though, doesn't it? <laughs> it's definitely Bathurst. Okay, I'll let her know. I'll let her know. So I moved to Canberra. So you've got siblings. How, uh, how did you get on with them? I don't know how I made it out of there alive, to be honest. <laughs> I love them so much. We're all so different, though. Sometimes I'm like, how did we even come from the same family? So there are yeah. four of us. So I've got two older brothers and one younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I love them all, but my youngest brother's, let's be honest, he's probably my favourite. <laughs> Ooh, it's real talk. It's real talk. It's real it talk. is real talk. I mean, we were only 18 months apart as well, so... He just always got babied and I just, I sometimes just claim that I half raised him like as a two-year-old. <laughs> on the CV. Take him under sure. my wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, Top yeah, of the yeah, resume. management, you know, child rearing. I've got it all. I've got it all. Yeah. <laughs> Dependence. Yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's cool. So what kind of escapades would we find you two or just yourself getting up to in your younger years? What, what tick your box? What were you interested in? Oh, when I was younger, hey? Mm. Well, we used to have a cubby house in our backyard. A cubby house? Yeah, and it was like a really good one. So it had stairs and you'd walk up. It was just one room, but it had a little roof and a window and it was was a proper house. So I went through a phase where I liked setting that up and playing house. But my oldest brothers, they were just brothers. My oldest brothers were kind of they like used to tie my little brother to trees and stuff. 
<laughs> so a lot of the time, it'd just be me rescuing him. Oh, brilliant. Okay, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> like, leave Seems him like, alone. like diehard recreation, stuff like that. It's like, you're there with a, a fake gun. yippee ki yay, mother. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got my lasso and I'm just like whiffing them away. Um, the other thing we used to play a lot was, was knee footy. So we used to have this like soft rugby ball mm. and we would just play on the carpet um, rugby and just try oh, and get sick. tries on oh either God, side of the living room. Of steel for that. Surely that's carpet burn yeah. central, isn't it? Hundred percent. You've got just bones for knees now. You've got no skin left there. Surely, oh, no man. knees at all. Patella's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's glass. So is this the beginning of your uh, love for rugby then? Yeah, but it didn't start as a love. If I'm being honest, oh, I yeah. it was oh, just yeah. what everybody around me was doing. Well, my mm. three brothers, my dad, um, they all played, and so we grew up watching games like all of my Saturdays would just be watching rugby so it would be Joe's game then Luke's game then Daniel's game and we'd probably stay to watch the other games as well so I just didn't know why I couldn't do it as well so I didn't particularly love it I just Mm. was like well if they can do it why can't I yeah (laughs) so I started playing that's great and then first for uh, presumably for school and then you rose up the ranks from there <laughs> well, it was Canberra, so the ranks weren't hard to climb. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll take that. We'll take that. Like, we'll take anybody. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I started playing for school, and it was just like sort of day comps that where mm. you do round robins, mm-hmm. um, and then and then I played for ACT schoolgirls for a very short period of time. Like a boss, and nice. um, I haven't really played since. I I tried to make a comeback last year or the year before and just start training again um but i was doing pole dancing at the same time and (laughs) the two weren't really they don't go together no (laughs) it was hard it was hard and i think that um i had just kind of forgotten the commitment that it takes to training especially when you're in a team sport Mm. you um Mm. your teammates you know they depend on you as well and it's a real commitment if you're going to commit to the other you know 20 or so people who are training with you so yeah, I thought we'll nah better better pick better pick a yeah. side yeah, and I picked the pole Sam <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's hard to say no to I've been doing it for years and <laughs> I haven't but I do want to try it I think it's an unbelievable athletic achievement we'll come back to that but when was your first interest in finding and telling stories when did that kind of that inquisitive nature raise its head I think it's always been there. Mm. I was in year four and we had this library project. I don't even know if it specified that we had to tell a story about somebody, but I decided to um, take my dad aside Mm. and film him, film me interviewing him in our lounge room in a This Is Your Life style interview. And so This Is Your Life was this, um, have you watched it? It was this show that used to be on in Australia. And they used to pick one person and surprise them with their whole life story and have all of these old people from their lives like come in and Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. and see see this person again. And when we whenever we used to watch it, my dad used to sort of be like, All right, get my tie out in case it was him. Like it, it was very sweet. So so when I was ten, I just decided that I wanted to do this about my dad. And looking back, it's interesting because I didn't know a lot and still don't know a lot about my dad and, and how he was raised, where he was raised, what happened in his life kind of pre-1718. Mm. And so I think very early on, even as a child, not I wasn't cognizant of the fact that I didn't know and had to know, but obviously I was going off some kind of intuition that I wanted to know more. So, yeah, I think it's always been there. What an undertaking at 10 years old as well. That's quite a thing to orchestrate. How did it go down? <laughs> Well, I had one of my brothers behind the camera and um, it went, it looks awful because I was like, I had my folder. 10 year old, that's so cute. Well, I was going off like all of the things that I'd seen on TV. So I don't even think there was a question in there. I kept saying things like, now I understand you grew up in Sydney. (laughs) And then just let my, and then every time I wanted to cut, I said to Luke, my brother behind the camera, I was like, I'll just look at you and smile. So you just have all of these like cheesy shots of me going, and now we'll show Noreen, his sister. <laughs> cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> 
We've still oh. got it. My mum, my mum loves it. <laughs> yeah, too right. It's that kind of um, family heirloom now, isn't it? That will get passed down for generations. That's great. <laughs> yeah, along with all of the um, videos of mum pointing the camera at me and making me sing. Amazing. So this was something that ran in the family from a young age then. The video camera was out and about. Always rolling. My friends and I used to hijack it then as teenagers and play Judge Judy and film other stupid things. <laughs> Fantastic. Go on, give us some examples. You can't leave it there. Uh, Graham's cooking show, <laughs> two oh, fat yeah. ladies. <laughs> like, whatever we could. Whatever we could. <laughs> Wicked. That's great. So early, yeah, early fun. on learning this kind of storytelling process then. And then what did you do? I, don't, I, I always so, forget yeah. what the equivalent is uh, over here, like A-levels. When you went through school, what did you start to specialise in before you went to Spanish and um, journalism? Yeah, so I did, um, I did like double English and media. And my, at my high school, it was great because we could also do sociology and psychology. Oh, cool. So yeah. I did those as well. Um, and... None of this ever occurred to me that it would be suited, suited to and conducive to journalism. That mm. was my mum's suggestion, actually. Mm, mm, mm. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left high school. But then uh, by the time I got to uni and had decided to study journalism, I was like, mum's right. I, I love listening. I love telling stories. I loved photography. I loved reading and writing. And all of that sort of came under the umbrella as, uh, of journalism. Yes, it was the perfect amalgamation for you. Yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. Where did Spanish come into it then? Spanish was actually a, quite a random addition. Yeah, quite. You're like, because mm, I thought I was going to go this... to uni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just it sort of did come out of nowhere. Exactly. I, yeah, thank you. I don't know why I picked it. I thought I was going to do journalism and psychology, um, and then I started doing Spanish, and it was just really fun. I just yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, it's a beautiful so language, I kept, yeah. I kept going and I'd done, a, I'd done a gap year as well and at one point uh, the first non-English speaking country I went to on that gap year mm. was Spain and mm. so I picked it at uni and then just kept going with it. Yeah, wicked. Talking of gap year, where did you head? Were you a teaching assistant in England for a little bit or in the UK? I was, yeah, yeah, in, um, in London. Ah. for a prep school called Brimwood Hall. Um, and so I was with the prep students from yeah, like eight that? till three. It was amazing. Yeah, I dealt good. with a, a lot of shitty pants, but it was good fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those years of my life where, I don't know, I had disposable income. I wasn't focused on saving or anything like that. It was just just a total break. It was mm. lovely. Got really fat. I got really fat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems to be the, um, the general message for any kind of gap year, really. Well, the gap the fat, you gain fat. You know, yeah, exactly. There's a lot more that you gain than fat, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, gosh, I went to – I was actually really lucky. I stayed with a host family, and they they both worked for British Airways. Oh, nice. Cool. So they was able to get a few sweet discounts cheeky, on flights. Cheeky flights. Yeah, great. Yeah, so I um, – Kind of like catch me if went, you can in that front seat. You're like, yes, I do work for the airline, yes. <laughs> Yeah, look, they let me fly the plane, so it was really easy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I went to New York. I went to Morocco and Egypt and Budapest for my birthday and just a lot a lot of different places in Europe. That's great. And then you returned back to lovely Sunshine State that we're in and then you went to university. And when did it really start, like, turning on for you? So you started doing... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, you were on the ABC doing news reading for a long time. And how good was that? And how did you get into that? It was amazing. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I, I loved I loved my years as a newsreader. I loved my years with ABC. Um, mm. the, the first time I kind of got into it was I had a professor at uni who was just so passionate and in love with audio. Mm. And this was before the podcast boom. Mm. So she just instilled so much of her um, her passion in us as well. It was really mm. contagious. Mm. And my university, Uni of Wollongong, had, um, I guess it was some kind of arrangement with ABC um, mm. where you could apply for these internships or you got asked to apply for these internships. Um, and then when you got in, you could choose, like, to go to the seventh 
7.30 or I can't remember what the other ones were. There were other TV ones. Mm-hmm. And I think I was the only one to pick Radio Current Affairs. Oh, really? Because <laughs> nobody else wanted that one. Yeah, great. <laughs> they wanted yeah, to do yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, so I started off doing an internship there at mm-hmm. um, ABC Radio Current Affairs, which is A&P in the world today. Mm. And then a researcher job came up there. So I mm. actually – no, before that I started transcribing. I was just oh. taking any job oh, that I could don't get. don't we love transcribing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we had a pedal, so it was easier. <laughs> a pedal? Yeah, where you could port, stop and start the audio. Oh, sick. That's awesome. Yeah. What a simple, was... simple invention. I've never even thought of that. It'll change your life. <laughs> it really will. Oh, my God. Can you touch type, I presume? No. Oh, no, good. I Thank can't. God. I can't. I feel like no. a lovely because I have to stop and then look. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh. But a pedal, at least you feel like you're... You can get some sort of rhythm going or something. Like exactly. You're in a band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a drumming equivalent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I transcribed and then the researcher role came up and, and I went from there. And to be honest, working at ABC Radio Current Affairs was actually really intimidating straight mm. out of uni because. In at the deep end? Was in at the deep end. It was the days of. Um, Mark Colvin who was hosting PM at the time mm. and he was, you know, such a, an incredible journalist with so much experience that I would be terrified handing my scripts or my intros to him just because it was him reading That's it. And, of course, you know, I'm fresh out of uni. He wasn't expecting, he, you know, he wasn't expecting anything amazing, but I was like, oh, Totally, never totally. wanted to. You, do you know what I mean? It's oh, like God, you never yeah, want to yeah, show yeah, to people. Well, you know, you, like you say, <laughs> when you're stuff. watching the news or listening to it, hearing the words of these great journalists and then suddenly you're working alongside them. It's epic, isn't it? It's you're suddenly yeah. like, you're, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. And did you find um, good mentorship or, like, who did you learn the most from and what were the kind of things, what were the differences between doing it at university and then doing it out in the real world? It was funny because by the time I got to ABC, mm. I found it easier to do journalism. So what I mean by that is when I was at university, mm. nobody really wants to speak to a university journalism student. Sure. Fair enough. But when I called and said I was from ABC, um, Radio Got Current it. Affairs, Badge of, people yeah, were like, yes, yes, of course. Door. And mm. I was like, I now, it was like I no longer had to prove that I was trustworthy or something like that. Um, so that was the first difference I noticed. And the producer there, uh, Ed Roy, was mm. amazing. Um, and I feel like they were still very much of the old school journalism days. Mm. You know, he, he had this bell on his desk that did ring for our editorial meeting. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, so I learned learnt a lot from him. And there was a woman called Deborah Cornwall who was there. And she used to be... I think she used to be with the commercials and she did a lot of voice stuff with me. No, cool. <laughs> She'd be like, I don't I don't want to hear this girl. I want to hear the woman. The woman. <laughs> oh wow. So, so she coached the woman out of you. <laughs> yeah, coached the girl out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. Yeah, and all of the producers there as well. Um, they were they were amazing. Fantastic. So you started really cutting your teeth and of course, award winning journalist for good reason. Tell me about this. Tell me about the Walkley. For those that don't know, firstly, tell what is a Walkley and then tell us how you went about getting one. Um, what is a it's It's an award, um, award for journalism. Walkley Foundation has been supporting journalism for many, many years and press freedom as well. Mm. Um, it's a really quite an interesting story, actually, because for a long time after winning that, I kind of felt like it, I'd fluked my way into it, um, <laughs> which is mean? quite funny. A bit of imposter syndrome, you mean? Or do you mean you were just incredibly uh, in a bit of syndrome. grace that you found the story? Yeah, well, both, I think. Um, and and this was also a lot to do, lot thanks to my producer at the time, Liz. Mm. Um, it was actually my first reporting shift with Radio Current Affairs, so... Wow, start the bar As I high. said, I'd started as a re- I started as a researcher mm. and they were short um, of staff. So they it was a Friday it was a Friday shift and they're like, Oh, how would you like to do this one reporting shift? And I had done stories mm-hmm. for 
for the programs Mm. but just as a researcher so I was like yes of course I want to do this um I was shopping around seeing what I might file for AM the next day when my producer said hey there's this book launch going on at Parliament House Mm. uh this woman's speaking can you go and interview her here's an article she's written before Mm -hmm. and it was straight in the cab I read this article she'd written um about this trainee surgeon and Mm. And then I met this woman and it was really funny because she could obviously tell I was straight out of university. Her daughter had just started going to the same university as me. Mm-hmm. So we were having this like really um, just jovial chat. And so once we sat down to be interviewed, it felt just like a continuation of that. Mm. And I was asking her about the book and then I started asking her more about this other article that she had written. And that's when she just that's when she said all of the things that, that she wow. said that later um, that later sort of went on to, to keep on going on. And to be honest, I don't think at the time I even knew how much it would travel or how big of a deal it was. Mm, um, mm, mm. I suppose like it's one of those where it's evolving and when you're right at the beginning of the woods, you don't know how deep or how far these woods go, do you? And you just investigate a little bit and then... Exactly. And it felt like, you know, what she was, I don't know, it was like one of those open secrets, like everybody knew it, but no one would ever, like you wouldn't ever expect anyone to say it like that. Yeah. Or people wouldn't, but I don't think I had that same expectation. Mm. So I can remember waking up the next day and um, seeing the story everywhere um, and calling Liz and being like, have I done something wrong? <laughs> like, what have I done? And I was so, like, I had all of those worries as that I still do now. Like, did I miss something? Was something unintentionally taken out of context? Um, but but I spoke to Gabrielle McMullen again and other people did too and she really just stood by everything yeah. that, that she said. So Fascinating. For those that don't know, of course, what was the article about? The article was about sexual harassment among trainee surgeons and basically mm. a, um, a senior surgeon had had enough and she used this one particular surgeon as an example of her supervisor was uh, making advances towards her and basically what Gabrielle McMullen said was it ruined her career turning him away. She would have been better off giving him a blowjob for her career. Mm. Not mm. at all advocating for her to do that. No, but no, no, really, of course, but like was... real talk, right? Really, mm. just speaking to the reality of the world yeah, that they yeah. were living in and the frustration with it. Yeah, crazy, crazy, and of course, it's something that is sadly so associated with. I don't know whether it be Hollywood or glitz and glam, but you would you would assume naively that maybe in uh, sciences or medical professions where it's more of a meritocracy that this wouldn't exist. But of course, it's the power dynamic. Yeah, 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 yeah and it was yeah. awful. Like a lot of people I spoke to after that still didn't want to even put their names to their voices because they were scared of the implications it would have. Mm-hmm. And of course, this um, was years and years before the Me Too movement as well. So this was really, really not like yeah, f- fresh and I suppose, like dangerous for their careers. It yeah. was fresh and it, <laughs> it pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, yeah. But there, there was also, it also raised the question of just because someone's a good surgeon doesn't mean they're a good trainer does it mean they're a good teacher totally yeah and a lot of the time it's no (laughs) yeah 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 exactly yeah it's fascinating and that is yeah just a testament to the kind of incredible work that you've been doing over these over these years as well so after that where did you go from there when you that was your first day on the job as a kind of covering was it (laughs) and then you're like whoa (laughs) well again like I didn't I didn't really know that much about the Walkleys or how it worked and it was my producer Liz who said you know have you thought about this because with awards as well you have Mm. to put your work forward Mm. it's not like there's somebody there that's reading every single story that's ever been filed and then they pick you out you actually have to put yourself forward for it which Mm. I felt weird about doing and not for a second did I think I was going to win the award Mm. um, Mm. because this was a story that landed across my desk I that's what I felt um but I remember I think in the judging notes they talked about going off intuition and 
finding where the real story is, which I just presumed is the job everybody does. Um, I didn't real like I just didn't think he could win an award for that kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wicked. That's cool. And what did that do for your confidence in your general work, etc., going forward from that? It opens up a lot of doors, and I think that's what the young Walkleys are incredible for. It's because mm. this was a young Walkley, and at the mm-hmm. time it was it was for radio. Mm. Um, so I think when it came to you know, next steps, even within the ABC and having that behind me, it helped a lot. Um, mm. I still really wanted to go and live, you know, outside of a major city. I studied in Wollongong, so I really, I knew that, that that never intimidated me, that prospect. I really liked the idea. So I ended up moving to Bega for a little bit. Yeah. And then the Triple J job came up, which was my absolute dream. Like that is all I wanted to do. So when that came up, I just threw everything I had towards it. Yeah, how good. That's great. So firstly, give me a couple of highlights. Why bigger? And uh, what did you get up to there? What were you up to? Well, the job came up, so they asked if I could go there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it wasn't like I got to pick or anything and I got was you, pretty got much you, just like, you. yes, 100%. Um, yeah. It was an interesting place to report because – it's sort of at an intersection between the coastal life and mm. then you've got the snow um, mm. and then you have all rural and rural lands as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was sometimes a matter of tourists doing dumb things in the summer and <laughs> tourists doing <laughs> yeah. dumb things in the winter. <laughs> yeah, good, 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 good. <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful to go out to a region and work with a community because your work means a lot because it's, mm. it's directly... Um, it's got a tangible impact, right? You can see it, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and it was also really hard being thrown into that. I had a really good mentor there, John, mm. um, who helped, taught me a lot about how to find stories. Um, without him, I don't, know what, <laughs> I don't know where I would have been, but I left there after a year... Um, because the Triple J job came up mm. and my bigger one hadn't come up. I was on a sort of contract by contract. Got you, got you. But I would have stayed for sure if I could have. Oh, what, if, even if the Triple J one was on the table as well? Surely no, like absent yeah, Triple J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Triple J <laughs> was my dream. That, like, yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I still felt like it was too soon yeah, to leave well, bigger. It's, it's, when is yeah? When do you know? You mean too soon as in you you didn't feel ready for the triple J job, or too soon as in you didn't want to leave bigger? Too soon as I as in I didn't want to leave bigger. Yeah. I had sort of just gotten into mm. everything, like had made my own contacts, had had gotten around mm. local councils, and mm-hmm, and gotten mm-hmm, my head mm-hmm. across everything finally. Yeah, yeah. And then I, and then I classic, had to go. and then the rugs pulled yeah. from under you. you go, oh yeah. God, right. here we go again, <laughs> starting again. So what yeah. was? Coming to Triple J, like, just I want to be able to, you know, smell the atmosphere by the time you finish describing. What was it like? So I got a phone call from the Sydney boss mm. in the car when I was in Bega and I pulled over. And, like, I remember I was, like, my voice was shaking so much. And um, and Shane, his name was, he just said, mm-hmm. you know, I've got good news. I can't even remember what he said. I think he said something like, how would you like to come and be our new Triple J newsreader? And I was Ooh. just... Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> and I had um like I was in Bega and mm. when we interviewed um I just said it was a 6 hour drive from Sydney but I was like I want to be there in person. So I physically went to Sydney and I spoke a lot to Naz Campanella as well who was already there mm. and she was sort of talking me through my interview and giving me lots of tips and stuff. Awesome. Um and so when I got it I was just it sounds so corny, but it was a dream come true. Like at that mm. time, I, I really just, I wanted to work for Triple J. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. It's the same in the UK. Like the BBC is one of the reasons I feel proud to be British. And it's like oh. to be a part of that kind of institution is awesome. And it's something you, yeah. I, I presume it's the same here that you, you grow up listening to it. And it's just such a familiar kind of, yeah, wicked thing. So to be a part yeah. of that is awesome. It was so awesome. And I yeah. was just, I, was, I couldn't believe it. 
Incredible, incredible. So I'm sure you had many ex- amazing experiences there, but can you reel off a few highlights for your for your work-wise? What were you... Oh, gosh. Splendor, working for Hack. I didn't get to work for Hack for too long, which and I would have loved to spend mm. more time there mm. um, because that was also like, oh, one day I want to work for Hack. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I got to host the program a few times, which was beyond oh, anything that I thought I would do. Like, that just wasn't even on my radar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can't be serious. Totally, so that yeah. was, yeah, that was... That was amazing. And to be honest, the best thing about working there was like, I didn't go to work with workmates. I went to work with my best friends or who mm. would become my best friends, which mm. I don't know is if that's healthy, but, <laughs> mm. but we had this really tight little triple J team, like me, Naz and Dave, and so sort of all of the other people that came along in between, but mm-hmm. we were just like such a tight group. And then the wider triple J clan as well is yeah. just, everyone's yeah young we've all kind of got the same interests there everyone is such brilliant thinkers that Mm. it is just an incredible place to be totally a real melting pot and everyone kind of raises each other's games just by nature of bumping in and being that kind of vibe yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. that's amazing so how long did you do that for um i was at triple j for three years three years yeah yeah three yeah about three years did it feel like three years no. No. No, it went so quickly. Yeah, cool. It went so quickly. So this was, of course, and all in... Go on, go on, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, and when I was doing the news reading, mm. I, it was just such a cruisy, great, interesting, stimulating job that I never had those days when I was like, oh, mm. got to go to work. Mm. <laughs> I just, mm. that just didn't happen. What does a typical day look like for a news reader? For, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated. How does it, how does it work? Do you oh, get really? In and, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Do you... Yeah, how does it work? How does it work? So we'll hear well, you for, at midday and breakfast and you've got certain slots where you come in. But Yeah, so the la- the most recent job that I did was brekkie. Mm-hmm. So I'd get up at, well, I would get up at 4.30. I should have been getting up at probably 4 because I started at 5. But I would get up, have a shower, and I'd be at work by 5 to 5. Like I, would, I lived really close to the ABC. So Perfect, yeah. I'd roll in, make a cup of tea, Say hi to everybody. Um, I would sort of scan, usually that early in the morning, just the front pages of the newspapers. Mm-hmm. I'd read every radio story that Triple J had filed last night, mm-hmm. make sure I knew what Hack had done, read all of the news and all of the stories that came on the wire, which is mm. all of the stories from international, from regional, from everywhere in Australia, from the ABC in the one place. Good Lord, that sounds like a lot of reading. How, how long did it take you to do all of you that? You do. Um, like for almost a full hour, yeah, you would just you read in. Scat notes. How do you how do you internalize stuff? I feel like I've got a memory like a sieve. If I do read something, as I'm, I kind of have a dialogue. Like, is this going in as I'm reading? So I don't yeah, know how disruptive. Yeah. So that is. if it if it does go in or if it might go in, I would like drag it across to uh, the bulletin nice. or like the yeah. spares. Yeah. Um, and then you make the editorial decision of what your lead story is going to be. Then mm-hmm. you make the editorial decision of what you're going to talk about in the headlines. Cause we'd mm-hmm. read the news and then six 30 you'd chat about like pick a story to chat about. Oh, cool. And then I was with um, Ben Lehman and bell and their content creation was mm. amazing. Like they would have a new idea for the show kind of every 15 minutes. So there yes. were so many ideas and so a lot of the time they'd pull me in to tell like a story about how Carlo told me that I wasn't his best friend <laughs> or like, like life stories. Um, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. my mum made it on air a lot of my stories about my mum made it on air because Fantastic. she's just terrible with Photoshop. So you would be, I'd be prepping just so many different things within mm. the hour that's, that by the time it hit nine o'clock, which is the final bulletin, mm-hmm. like my most all of my brain power had gone into that first kind of four or five Incredible. hours of the then day. You just, <laughs> claps. Yeah, yeah. Or then I'd sometimes read until one o'clock or whatever, and then you have all of your editorial meetings and your handovers and all of that sure. stuff. So yeah, it always went so fast. Yeah, right. Well, that's the dream, isn't it? Getting into that state of flow with work—that's what we all aspire to. That kind of thing. Yeah, well, you had to. You just had, like, I just had to be 
on top of everything all mm. the time with that mm. job. But it was really nice because it's the news. You'd put it away at the end of the day, you'd mm-hmm. wake up, and it was almost like a clean slate. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's a very good point. A very good point. But a lot of that there, it sounds like you're thinking on your feet a lot. So is this where improv comedy comes into it? When did you start that? <laughs> well, I started that because of Carlo, my partner. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He dragged you into it. Yeah, well, and actually Liam and I, who I was doing breakfast with, mm. started it at the same time. Because mm. he thought, oh, we're, we're, we're working together on air. We may as well just play with this a little bit. You're right, yeah. Um, why not? Yeah, and it's just really fun. Yeah. I just hadn't really framed listening and thinking in in the way that improv does, and mm. it it really appealed to me after I got an idea of what it was all about. Mm. Oh, it's magical! I love it! I love it! Yeah, and especially right. From, so yeah, anything like this, like delivery or just going with the flow, is perfect, isn't it? It is, and I reckon. Um, it feels like an individual sport looking in, mm. but having done it, I don't know if you agree, it, it is it is totally a team sport. Oh, yeah, it's anything but. Totally, totally. Yeah. The hive mind yeah. and all the rest of it. Or when we, you know, when you see the bear pack, which is Carlo and, uh, oh, my God. Scene. Scene. And um, they just, I remember Carlo saying to me, he's like, doesn't remember what they talked about in the show when they come off because they're just so kind of just in sync and flowing. So, yeah, it's epic. Yes. The first time I saw the bear pack, I I couldn't even believe what I was seeing, to be honest. Mm. I'd never seen anything like it. Mm. And I was very grateful, actually, that Carl and I had already been together for a while by the time I saw that. Yeah, quite. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I would have probably turned into some embarrassing fangirl. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah, at least you had a level head on your shoulders. Like, oh, my, my boyfriend. Yeah, I was like, oh again. yeah, that that show yeah. was all right, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah, huh? <laughs> 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 Didn't bring it back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you finished improv I now? Have. All the, yeah, how yeah. Exciting. It's, nice. it's, kind of, it's happy and sad because I want more. I want more. I want more. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what will be next. Maybe a show. We'll see. We'll see. Yes, yeah. join a um, troupe or going. something. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But it's all a bit tougher in this lockdown thing. And that's, I suppose, leads to my next question of how how are you adapting, surviving and, dare I say, thriving in the lockdown environment? Do you, you're, a, <laughs> you're an essential worker. You get to leave the gaff. Or are you doing interviews from home? How does it work? Yes. So we are, which I feel like it's a bit of a fraud, really, classing this essential mm. worker. But technically, yes. So I'm still doing two days a week in the office and then most of my work from home. And Mm. very luckily, the format that we came up with for um, my segment for this year Mm -hmm. was actually keeping in mind that we would use Skype as a main interview source because we didn't want to be limited to people in in Sydney or Mm -hmm. even in Australia. Mm -hmm. So we thought, okay, let's work with a format that makes Skype work and we came up with this kind of lo-fi idea where we also use a projector with yeah. Skype and, and then, and then yeah, like these it. animated graphics. So yeah, 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 it's yeah, yeah. bizarre. But luckily that turned out to be the perfect format for these COVID-19 times. Mm. Um, mm. The first few weeks, I think like anyone, it was just a bit of an adjustment. I was ready to tear my hair out a bit between the traffic and Carlo, we live on a main road mm. and um, there's always just drilling and freaking sirens and the apartment shakes when trucks come past, which I never really noticed that much until you're at home all the time. Ooh, lovely subtleties you pick up when you've got time, yeah. Oh, man. But I think it's made a lot of people rethink whether or not we actually have to be in a major city or like so right true. in it. So yeah. I've got a mate who thinking... works in delivery and he's, uh, I, I thought naively that he'd be super quiet for work, but um, home, home move it, removalist, sorry. And um, yeah, he's been super busy moving people out of the city to the sticks. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not surprised at all because when, when it comes down to it, if, if it's an hour and a half commute two or three times a week, that's so yeah. manageable totally. when the trade-off is just having a, bit of quiet time <laughs> maybe i'm getting old i don't know <laughs> <laughs> did you you raise your voice there is that deliberately so carlo in the next room can be like oh i'm oh, fine no, my banjo. he's not here he's <laughs> he's gone down to his office <laughs> yeah, <fair enough. laughs> 
That's amazing. And of course, the show format, I didn't even mention, huge congratulations, belatedly, of course, but you've now made the jump to the visual world, to television, to SBS's The Feed. Yeah, and that was such a huge decision for me Mm. at the time Um, Mm. because I was really just living in this this dream world that I loved, but I Mm. also knew that there was kind of a limit to how long I could be a Triple J newsreader and I had done very little in the realm of TV. So Mm. when the SBS opportunity came up, it actually just in the end was the perfect kind of pivot um, for me to experiment with something new, learn something new Mm. and thank, like I'm so happy that, um, that I made that choice. (laughs) Really? I've, I've learned so much and it's, it takes a while to get used to something new, of course, but yeah, yeah. the feed team are just, again, it's the same deal. We're a smaller team, but it's these intelligent, passionate people who are pretty much filmmakers posing as journalists, <laughs> not posing, mm. but they're, they're incredible mm. at, um, mm. at what they do. And it's just a totally different way of making content and mm. working with people and communicating um, really clearly your vision for something, which I haven't really had to do because mm. as a, a Triple medium. J newsreader or mm. like as a journalist, it was very much, I'm writing the radio, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm making the decisions mm-hmm. and that was it. Mm. Um, but now it's way more collaborative and the work is better for it. <laughs> yeah, wicked, wicked. And I say it resonates from a lot of guests I've had as well. It seems to be, you know, shared work is funner work as well in a lot of cases. Obviously, there is inevitably time that you need to get your head down, do your deep mm. work solo. But being able to share that experience and it's the the old, the sum is greater than the, the parts kind of thing. Yeah, so it's yeah. nice to have that, yeah. Yeah, and it's the other thing I found that's really nice to have is, is time. Like we were talking before about how uh, quick it was in the Triple J news yeah, cycle course. every yeah, day yeah, yeah. it was just go 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 and, and famously I was, sound bites in radio news isn't it so you've only got about yeah. 10 seconds to give you know some unbelievably yep. serious and impactful news and then they go oh, and that's it yep I'm used to trying to tell a story in basically three sentences and a grab that wow. was that was the format I was so used to so mm. to extend it out to like a 10 minute feature yeah. I was just like, I don't even know how. Literally, I um, feel cavernous for you. You're like, oh, my. <laughs> pages? Yeah. P- pages? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but having time to do the research and to to consider things is just an amazing convenience that I feel so lucky to have. Yeah, quite. That's awesome. That is really, really awesome. And what have, um, what stories have you... I've been ticking your box of late, I suppose. What have you found interesting? Do you know, it's totally taken me by surprise. Mm. The most interesting thing I've found this year mm. has been about <laughs> economics and money. Yeah, well. Now, yeah. I didn't even do maths in school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a revelation for me. I'm in the same boat as you, girl. I'm having my financial awakening <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. You know, Are you reading like, The Barefoot Investor? Oh, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Just finished that. Just finished that. I'm like, oh, shit, this money thing's like quite quite serious. It's quite handy. Like, we could use this, you know. I wish I'd right? been taught this at school. Yeah. It's all those small I things, know. isn't it? Like getting a mortgage or like all the interest rates, all of this, that it's just swept under the rug. And then you're like, oh, Pythagoras theorem, got that down. Boom. This is my mm. triangle angles. But yeah. Why doesn't anyone talk about it? Madness, madness. So this is what's been ticking your box. Why? How so? Is this because of the global recession or is this before that? Well, yeah. No, not before that. No. I We spoke about doing a story on the COVID-19 support packages mm. because the question, the real question was where did all of this money come from? Yeah. And, yeah. and if we're going to be in wartime debt, what, what does the future mean? Are we going to pay it back? And- Answering that question or trying to answer that question Mm. was fascinating because nobody really knew, not even the people that had been doing business journalism for a long time. Mm. Um, And I just found it fascinating. There's also a a, a theory called modern monetary theory, which I did a story on that is, as it happens, is really controversial, which I didn't think could happen. Like how can describing the way a system is set up mm-hmm. be controversial and divisive between people. Like yeah. it is a fact that 
money is typed into existence. It is yeah. a fact at the moment that we're getting the COVID money essentially from the Reserve Bank, which is part of the government. The government is providing money to the government. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, oh, Sam, I lost sleep over it. I would seriously mm. be up past midnight thinking about the diff, thinking about it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound complex when I say it now, or maybe it does, but oh, no, I no, just... No, it's usually, yeah. It's such an opaque industry for so many people, so vague and ambiguous, and obviously we had the 2008 yeah. crash, and then movies like The Big Short and Inside Job try to shed light on it. And even those, like, I've watched them several times, and there's still, it's like, areas of it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's such mm-hmm. a thick thing to get into the weeds of. So, yeah, really Yes, and then once, once we put the story out, there was so many people engaging with this idea mm. of economics and money and I was I was getting in these big discussions mm. with people about austerity measures and debt and mm. deficit and all of these things that you know two weeks ago mm. I scoffed at and just had no idea what they were mm. so mm. it was a huge um, it just kind of opened this new door for me doing stories about yeah. economics and modern monetary theory and and society because it's not in the end it's not about money really it's about but, politically political will of of where to direct that money mm. and how much of it to make yeah too right yeah and then of course what every story is essentially about is about the people that impacts right like how does it impact you or i or whoever's getting this kind of money what where does it yeah, exactly it and whoever has to pay it back and yeah. and really questioning everything that we have just kind of assumed about our structure that, okay, Mm. we're in debt, so now our taxes are probably going to have to be cut and services are going to have to be cut to pay that back. Well, what if we didn't actually have to pay it all back right now straight away? What if our government was okay sitting in this debt for a while without it being detrimental to them or to Mm. the people? Mm. Mm -hmm. It was just this whole rethinking of our system and... That was hard for me because I didn't really understand what our system was in the first place. Yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> in order to rethink it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, every day's a school day, isn't it? That's the beauty of journalism, and that's why I love doing. Oh, you've nailed it. It's <laughs> yeah. just. Oh, what's that? Oh, tell me about that. Fascinating. Tell me more. And yeah. You just go down the rabbit hole. I love it. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Total rabbit hole. And now I'm like. Get me in the stock market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's on it. Get those low-cost index funds, girl. You know it. You know low-cost index funds, compound interest, long-term investment. That's where it's at. <laughs> Buy and hold for the long term, baby. Yes. Come on. Who needs a super? Well, I'll have one. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we all need super. That is, I feel particularly passionate about that, actually. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm very appreciative. No, I actually, yeah, no, I know about it properly, yeah. You, remember, you mentioned the, the government there on a slightly more somber note on the journalism tilt, though. There was, what was it, last year now, we, there were the famous government raids of ABC journalists' houses and stuff like that. Mm. But where do you weigh in on freedom of speech in Australia as it stands and, where, and what does it look like for the future in digital or non-digital journalism? Look, we're in a really lucky position in a lot of ways in mm. Australia. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we're not at risk. Mm. And as our world changes and as we see national security law come in and trump so many other laws, it does threaten our our privacy, our right to protect our sources. Mm. A while back I, I worked on protecting journalist sources on a, a, um, a paper about it. And I guess the, the short conclusion to that was it has become almost impossible if somebody comes to you as a whistleblower with confidential information mm. anonymously to say to them, I have every confidence that you are not going to be revealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard. That guarantee, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the world that we're living in, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and thinking and back to your walk lead, like... As you said earlier, the people, some people didn't want their names to those voices. You know, if they knew that perhaps they would be linked, would they come forward kind of thing? It's like... That's that's exactly right. And that's the chilling effect. Yeah. That's the chilling effect. So to see the AFP raid the ABC and Annika Smetshurst's house, it is also a chilling effect 
Mm. Like, okay, if I bring this forward, is the AFP going to go after the journalists and after the stories and after the information? And, like, what those warrants cover was so nonspecific. It was so scary. Yeah, totally. It was so scary. Um, And I think in the public interest always needs to trump that. Mm, 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 mm. Also, you're in it. On the flip side, I really feel like we're in a world where people perhaps don't really feel that passionate about their privacy. Mm, A lot mm. of people are quite happy to hand over. Oh, we all are. Like, I'll sign up for an app. Yeah. We'll, t- you, we know, we'll take this data. Yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. They're not. What, what are they going to do with my information? Totally. Like, unless totally. I've done something wrong, I'm fine. But yeah, oh, I have that. I guess it's I've the... had that chat so so many times with mm. friends and stuff. That, oh, what's the point? There's nothing to be, like nothing to be worried about if you're doing fine. It's like oh, but it's the slippy slope, isn't it? It's the, it's the yeah, that's right. The overall only, erosion, it. and it's only now like you know, well, was it? An, I don't know if it won an Oscar or Academy Award, but Citizen Four that came out I don't know four mm. years or so ago, mm. and then. Um, uh, the Edge of Tomorrow, or The Edge of Democracy, which is a fantastic documentary recently as well, and the one about Cambridge Analytica that I was just of, about to say the Great Hack. This is it, yeah. That exemplifies fantastic, no, yeah. this data is important, you know, like it's mm-hmm. and the advocates off the back of that for data as being a human right, I think, is it's all about education first, so people understand how important it is, and then going from there. But it's yeah, it feels like yeah, the, that people don't put it into this realm of of, mm. of data. Mm. It's it's no, it's about you. <laughs> mm, totally, yeah, yeah. And it's been fascinating moving forward. I, I'm somewhat of like a sceptical futurist where um, following people like Ray Kurzweitz and I could never pronounce his surname, but, you know, reaching the technological singularity where we'll have to incorporate technology with us to keep up, you know, whether it be a passport chip and then it'll be, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And as soon as you have things integrated with you, then data is becoming you or vice versa. So... If you don't respect the data now or you're worried about it, then mm-hmm. when it's at that stage, you're going to be in real trouble. So, yeah, it's, a it's some very... Black Mirror shit, isn't it? Yeah, it's some Black Mirror shit. Some Black Mirror <laughs> shit. What a show. What a show. Good work, Charlie Brooker. Good work. <laughs> Creepy because it's on the verge of being Too true. Close That's why. To exactly. reality, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that was my complete random tilt on, on uh, <laughs> tin hats and privacy. Respect, respect, <laughs> look after it, people, look after it, people. But, oh, um, yeah, I spent a long time with a piece of black tape across yeah, yeah, my yeah, video. Yeah. I've, taken, I've taken it off for this one. <laughs> it'll go back on, it'll go back Hello. on. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Alice, I don't want to keep you for any longer. I'm sure you've got an incredibly busy day ahead of yourself, but a few questions to round off, a few palate cleansers. So in no oh, particular sure. order, short and sharp, what is your favourite uh, app? or most use app within your phone that's pro- not one of the obvious, maybe it'd be WhatsApp oh, or something I have, like that. Can I have a little look? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. At the moment, it's probably um, uh, a tie between mm. words with friends, realestate.com.au nice. and um, Reddit. Two particular threads on Reddit, which I recommend everybody checks out. Go on. Um, oddly satisfying and yeah. mildly interesting. Brilliant. Fantastic names. As long as they do what they say on the tin, I'm in. Oh, so they are. Oh, what it says on the tin is exactly what is inside. Fantastic. That's great. And I must re-download Words with Friends. What a fantastic... Scrabble, fantastic. I could never well, really coax my housemates into it. I'm going to go out and buy the physical copy of Scrabble, my own copy, um, yeah. because Words with Friends, it's great, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you can also just fudge it. You know, I've, true, I've true, really true. been you're, you're done over by people just googling. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, but you can also just put the letters down and it ticks or crosses whether or not it's a real word. Oh. So, oh my god, it's like playing. It's like bowling with the sides up. It's That's cheating. Yeah, yeah, definitely cheating. <laughs> I did not know that. God, yeah, yeah. Surely, okay. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all are. No judgment. No full judgment. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not. What are your tips to people in ISO to stay sane? What, you got any hobbies that you found that you never knew? Have you got a passion? I'm sorry, we never touched on pole dancing. Are you still doing that in isolation? Do you know what? There are some online courses that I haven't yeah. tried yet, and I am considering getting myself a pole. I tried okay. getting Carlo to hold a mop. <laughs> 
it is a short-term solution. <laughs> wow, a shot holding a mop, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Surely splinters um, as well, you've got to have a, a decent mop, good and a good length as well. Oh, How long is your mop? Aluminium, yeah, it's not very long. It's not practical. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, that's great. So a little bit of pole dancing, perhaps, to keep you keep you fit inside the house. Are you a big reader, or what do you get up to? Yeah, I um I actually also not long ago finished the Barefoot Investor, and I'm now on to Making Money Made Simple by oh. Noel Whitaker. It's got the most boomer cover you could ever imagine, but yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting. And another book called Stop Being Reasonable by Eleanor Gordon-Smith, which is actually a really interesting read about oh. persuasion and and whether we go the right way about changing other people's minds and trying to convince people. Interesting. I like it. I like yeah. It. But I think tips for, gosh, what have I done to keep sane? Seriously, it's just been getting outside mm, mm, mm. and not st- physically staying inside and separating work from home, which is mm-hmm. super hard when your work is at home. Mm, totally, totally, totally. But yeah, it reminds me of a good quote from the old Tony Robbins of Motion Breeds Emotion. So it's just about moving that body, getting out and about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I agree. But when you're not moving your body and watching a movie, what would you recommend? Or a series? You, is there anything that's been really ticking your box of late? Oh, there, yeah, I've watched some really good stuff lately. Um, there is, it's on Vimeo. Vimeo? Yeah. Vimeo. Yeah, yeah. Vimeo. Vimeo. Um, I've never heard that. That sounds like a delicious so Italian Vimeo. aperitif. Oh, it's a on Vimeo. Vimeo, darling. And I'll have the... Uh, <laughs> Is it right? There we is. say bar first, you say bar, like it's... Bar first. Yeah, exactly. Bar first, exactly. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, a great movie, a great documentary called yep. Finders Keepers on Ooh. Vimeo, which okay. I really enjoyed watching. Epic. A little synopsis, a little teaser. A man buys a secondhand smoker and opens it to discover a human foot inside. Whoa. And then it could just, that's all you need to know, really. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is epic. Oh, my God, that's just reminding was... me. You you found a missing person before the police. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> the foot just reminded me. I was like, oh, my God, uh, don't miss that anecdote uh, before we go. Gosh. Um, How did that happen? Yeah, Tell me about that. Well, <laughs> that was so long ago. I know. Um, did Carlo tell you this? Maybe. It was... One of my first days, like backfilling at Hack. Another and, um, first day. What is it? You've got the, the Midas touch on every no, first day. No, but it was oh, look, oh, beginner's luck. See, that, this is why this is why I haven't done anything good since then. <laughs> um, and I just, you know, I wasn't really confident in my abilities. Didn't know what I was doing. And mm. the producer there, Claire, was mm. just like, "Hey, I've just seen this police release. There's a 16 year old girl that's gone missing. Can you find mm. her?" And I kind of laughed. <laughs> She's like, "Just make a few calls and see what happens." Sure. Um, and I think it's because missing teenagers seem to be not a huge priority for police. I got that impression that it was like, mm. oh, it's a runaway. They'll come back. There mm, mm, hasn't mm. been too long. We won't put any resources towards it just mm. yet. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so I did. I just started calling people and friends and, I don't know, Facebook stalking and just really hitting the phones. And eventually mm. um, I did find her. And the people, her friends that found her called me and I had to say, this, I'm so glad, like this is, I'm so glad she's okay. Yeah. Can you now call the police <laughs> and let them know <laughs> that she's fine? Yeah, um, right. And it, we, we didn't do a story on it. Like that was never something we put to air, which we talked about, mm. you know, this theme of, of maybe young people not being a, uh, priority if they go missing and mm, maybe mm. talking to this young woman that we'd found later on it didn't become anything I think it was more of a learning exercise of fascinating you know what yeah. can happen if you just follow the thread I guess yeah too right I was I, when I heard about it I was like oh my god this is like you know the beginnings you could have beaten cereal you could have been the first podcast in that kind of come along with me follow the young kind of <laughs> podcast that would have been wicked i thank thank god she was okay totally, um, yeah. i don't know what would have happened if if it had gone the other way mm, that would have mm. been a another story but she was okay and there you go i think that anyone with that with the time dedicated to it would have all been able to do it to be yeah. honest Seek and you will find, yeah. But um, perhaps there just wasn't that same person, you know, at the cop shop putting in those calls. 
Yeah, too right, too right. And I'm sure you're doing it down with modesty the fantastic job that you did to track them down. So yeah, 10 points to Gryffindor. Done. <laughs> Gryffindor wins. <laughs> oh, Alice Bell, on that amazing anecdote, we'll call it a day there. But thank you so, so much for your time, your wisdom and your knowledge. And um, yeah. We'll catch you on the feed. When can we next get... Where, where can we see you and how can we keep up with your fantastic work? Um, Tuesday nights t- around 10 o'clock on mm. SBS and we're also online on the feed and I've got a story I've been working on for a while actually coming out Ooh. on Tuesday. Yes, is this the one that... Little teaser, little teaser, can you give us? Because like I say, well, this won't be out for a couple of weeks so this won't be a spoiler. Yeah, sure. It's, um, it's about... Cirque du Soleil facing a potential lawsuit from one of its performers. Ooh, spicy. Interesting. Spicy. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, we were sniffing around some Cirque du Soleil a lot to see what they're up to in lockdown. Obviously not working, but completely different um, vibes. So that would be very interesting. Yeah. Have you chatted to anybody? Because it uh, would suck for them. They all just lost their jobs. Totally, totally, totally. Well, I think one of our friends, uh, one of our journalists, Michael, he um, he's amazing on the whole animal rights and activism and stuff like that. So he's, his network, and he was chatting to someone, I can't remember what troop it was, but they're all living in like this big 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 house out in the sticks and they've got their lions and stuff like that because obviously it's like what do you do with them you know what wow. do you do with them yeah. yeah so who knows watch this space but yeah that sounds yeah. fascinating so is that this week coming on the feed so that's coming on Tuesday yep epic cool 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 <sighs> and we'll follow you on Twitter and Instagram is that you oh uh, yeah you on, on, on the gram I prefer the gram it's oh, yeah. um god what is it <laughs> I think it's at Alice K Matthews. Hang on, oh, or nice. do, do I have handle. a few dots in between? Yeah, oh yeah, I do. Alice dot K Matthews. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. That's oh, me. Brilliant. Well, thanks, further Sam. Ado, this has been great. Oh, mate. Well, thank you so so much. Lovely, lovely to chat to you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Nice one. We'll take it easy. And thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs>